0: I listened to this episode of Invisibilia. It's a podcast. And they were talking about... <clears throat> now I'm going to... They were talking about quantum entanglement. And I may use some of the wrong terms, but essentially... I'll just say this. Quantum entanglement is about connection. Connection. Okay. So that's very, that's very crude... Description of it, but they take these these like atoms, and they manipulate them, and they can get them as far apart as 88 miles at the time of this podcast, and they can do something to, and they it's like flying photons and lasers, and they entangle them to each other, and what you do to this atom happens to this other atom 88 miles apart. All right? You remember in the Bible where it says, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. It's like a theological version of it. And Jesus said, in the Bible says, we, we join Christ in his death and we are raised with him. And I think about that when I hear about this. Quantum entanglement to each other. We are connected Subatomic particles are passing right now. We're becoming each other. Whoa! Is that... That's these theories. They don't know. They say this is what happens, but they don't know why. They just... They don't understand it. Connection. One with another. And then connection with the mind of God. This is what it means to be human and to be a a bearer of the image of God. That we are connected with each other and we are connected with the mind of God. Now, who doesn't want to be connected with the mind of God? Let's let's take the quiz. It's not actually a quiz. It's more like a survey. All right, please circle only one answer. And, and I don't think... I shouldn't have to tell you this because you're big boys and girls, but please do not look at your neighbor's answers. Please. I want to... Question number one. I want to know God's will. I don't want to know what God's will is for me. A, always. B, sometimes. C, never. D, does not apply. I want to know what God's will. What does God want me to do? Well, the interesting thing, when we say what God wants me to do, we think about, like, decisions, decisions. But there's been a lot already revealed to us about what God wants us to do, right? Jesus said, Love your enemies. How's that going? How's that going, presidential candidates? Are you listening to me? You say you're Christians. Um, Christ- God, Jesus said, Do good to those who do harm to you. How's that? But there are other things, aren't there? They're not moral or ethical. They're decisions in life. Question number two. God tells me what to do. Always. A, B, sometimes C, never. D, does not apply. If you answered always, sometimes never. If you answered does not apply, why are you here? I think you actually do. Kind of. Want to know. I reckon that most of us want to know what God wants us to do. This a couple weeks ago, <clears throat> I was at a table with these people who are a little bit younger than me. And they've been doing this thing for quite a while. And they're believers. like, And they are trying to decide what to do. They have an opportunity to change what they're doing. And it will require major upheaval. They will have to move a long ways. They will have to uproot and they will they will be doing completely. It'll be a completely different rhythm of life. And when we were sitting at the table, one of them said, we just, we just want to get it right. We just want to do what God wants us to do, you know, and it's not moral or ethical. It's this or it's that. How will they know? How do we know? How do we find it? I remember when I started dating my wife, Melody. Oh, spoiler alert. She ends up being my wife. I wanted to be with her all the time. And I really did dig this lady. And I still do dig her. And <clears throat> um, pretty soon I wanted to marry her. And I don't know who, some of you can maybe relate to this, but I was raised with the, the idea that God has a perfect will for my life. And I, I need to seek that and find it. And within and underneath the umbrella, within the context of the perfect will for my life, God has a perfect partner for me, a perfect mate. And I really wanted to get that right. Because that's bad if you get that one wrong. So <clears throat> I wanted God to want me to marry Melody. You know what I mean? So I prayed about it. And I was a fervent young evangelical, much more fervent than I am now. And I, one night before bed, I said, Oh, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Here's the deal. I'm going to go to sleep now. If you want me to marry Melody, have her name be the first thing on my conscious mind when I wake up in the morning. And it was. But the thing is, it always was. (laughs) Was that God? How do we know what God wants us to do? What job to take, where to live, what major to choose in college, who to marry, what lotto numbers to pick? (laughs) Today is a story about three guys who take a walk, a really long walk, because they didn't have cars. And they have a bit of a plan. But they don't know everything yet. And they really want to know what God wants. The guys are Paul and Silas and Timothy. A little bit of background. In Acts chapter 15, there's a meeting and it's called the Jerusalem Council. And the reason they had this meeting is because up till now, this faith had been Judaism and Jewish faith and and the Hebrew scriptures in the Old Testament. And Jesus said, no, it's for everybody. There is no Jew or Greek, circumcised or uncircumcised, slave or free, woman or man, everybody. This is for all the world. And so they're like, great, that's good, but what are the rules? Like, if you've never been to church and you come to church and you you encounter this good news, but then you run into some rules, what's reasonable to expect? What? of people new to the faith. So they have this meeting and they say, what about circumcision? No, no, let's, let's, it, they should have done that when they were really young. It's, it's very awkward later. And <clears throat> so what about this? What about that? What about the festivals, the feasts, the, the law? And they said, Let, let's not make this an unreasonable burden. And that's uh, informative for us, like to have standards and conviction, but to not put an unreasonable burden on people and respecting journeys as people come to faith. And so they're like, let's, let's go tell them now. So they, they say, let's go visit the churches and tell them this good news. And, and let's say, this is the concession. This is what we're doing. And does this feel right to you? This feels right to me. So they go. Acts 16.1, Paul came to Derbe and then to Lystra where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him, of Timothy. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey. You want to go, Timothy? Yeah. So he circumcised What? He circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. Timothy's father is Greek and his mother is Jewish. The theory is that the father held sway in religious upbringing and decisions like this so Consequently, Jews were circumcised as a sign of the covenant with God. Timothy was not. And Paul says, let's make this concession. And I bet there are some people that saying, whoa, flip-flopper. Like, you never hear about people. Like, if somebody says, you know, I've thought about this position, and I kind of... And, and they say you're wishy-washy and they're saying to Paul, you're wishy-washy, stick to your guns, man. And it's really interesting and, and we're not going to hang on this very long, but it does, it, it is provocative because it asks us to, it, it kind of asks us to examine what are our convictions and are there times that we, we make compromises that could be misunderstood just for peace, just out of grace. And we make sacrifices that aren't necessarily about law, but about, I, I don't really want to fight this fight. I think this fighting this fight right now would be a distraction from something better. So that's a, that's a question for us. All right, let's continue. As they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. How did that work? When they came to the border of Mysia, They tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. They wanted to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave from Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So how, how did this go? What does it mean kept by the Holy Spirit? So, Paul, why didn't you come to Bithynia? I just was kept by the Holy Spirit. What do you mean? I I just was kept. Why didn't you, why didn't you come in to Asia? The Spirit of Jesus wouldn't let us. I tried this with my colleague, Chris Hess, he calls me, hey, the wind blew down my fence last weekend. And he says, would you, would you come over Saturday and help me put it back up? And I said, let me pray about it. And then I called him back and I said, I really want to help you with your fence, but the spirit of Jesus won't let me. <laughs> what a trump card, huh? I really would like to go out with you, but the spirit of Jesus not my call. <laughs> but this, this story, what, what went on here? Don't you think there was a wrestling? Like what, I just, what do you feel? What do you feel? What was this vision? Was this vision a dream? Have you ever had like a vision show up to you and tell you what to do? Tell me the truth. <clears throat> when someone says to you, God told me, starts a conversation that way, what happens? We get a little, oh, we'll see about that. God tells you a lot of stuff, doesn't he? Very chatty with you. But we, we can, like God can tell us things, but then we can use it as a trump card too. God told me. God told me to run for president. God told me I'm going to marry you. I had a dream about you. Oh, you did? Yes, you behaved very badly in my dream. I think it's a warning from the Lord. I don't think it is. Have you ever had someone say, I had a dream about you? That'll make you nervous. I had a dream about my wife the other night, and she was a psychopath. Who had, who had hired people to kill me. And so in the morning, I told her about it, and she's just real quiet. And then I, I said, you're not a psychopath. And she said, nothing. I said, no, you're not a psychopath. She says, of course not, but that's what a psychopath would say, right? Right. You know, we have these feelings, we have dreams. But have you ever had a dream that just, you couldn't shake it? It seemed like more. I remember I was, I had this series of dreams. And my, uh, this relative, close relative of mine, kept showing up in the dream. And he didn't do anything. He was just a cameo. Like, he's just there. But it happened like three times. And I, what's going on with that? So I called him on a Monday. And I didn't expect to reach him because he has this weird job and he can't answer the phone ever. But he answered. And I said, hey, Tom, because his name is Tom. What's going on? Oh, man. He, was, he told me he was, he was really having a difficult time. Like he was sick. He told me some other stuff. Just feeling isolated, forgotten, crummy. And I said, well, I had a dream about you. Well, I had a few dreams. Don't worry. You behaved fine in my dreams. This is not a message about that. It's just that you kept showing up. And I, and here's what I think. I think that God was thinking about you. And I think God wanted me to think about you. And that's it. And it felt right. It just felt right not to go into Bithynia. And it meant a lot to him. And I could just... I get to decide how I'm going to tell that story, right? We get to decide how we're going to tell our stories. And we can talk about dreams and say, ah, it's funny, but it's nothing. We can talk about coincidences and we say, that's, that's interesting because I was just thinking about you. Or we can say, quantum entanglement of the kingdom, right? Proximity has nothing to do with it. Connected to him, connected to each other. I was just thinking about you. God was thinking about you. How did they know? How did the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of Jesus make them know? I don't know. They just knew. And we have this tension because we can be skeptical when people say, I just know. We want a giant nine foot glowing winged creature to tell us what to do. And God just says, quantum entanglement. And the scientists, and we look at it and we say, I can't explain it. I don't know how it happens, but I just know. There it is. I like to go for walks. I live in Windsor, Colorado, and it's a great place to walk because nobody there drives over 30 miles an hour. (laughs) Because you will be fined. I mean I set my cruise in Windsor at 30. And if there are any Windsor police in attendance thank you. And I don't mind I don't mind contributing to the to the investment in my community. And I drive a white Chevrolet. <clears throat> no I don't. <laughs> anyway But I also like to go for walks in in Old Town where I work, and I'll just go out the door, and I'll go left or I'll go right. And I don't really have this plan in mind. I'm just going to walk for a while the other day. And sometimes, you know, it's nothing. But sometimes something happens. The other day I went for a walk, and I felt awake. Remember Jesus said, eyes to see and ears to hear. Do you ever feel like sometimes you really are more awake? And I do too. And so this other guy went for a walk the same time. And he's a guy just like, I barely know him. I met him a couple of times. And then I had a, just gotten a cold. I've still got it two weeks later. And uh, all of a sudden we end up in the same place. And I had even forgotten his name. And he reminded me. And, and then he says, you got a cold. I said, yeah. He goes, here's an orange. And he had an orange. Did God put that orange in his hand for me? Well, that's not very profound. No, it's pretty cool, though. And then he, we start talking, and then he brings up this other guy's name, Kirk. Who? He's a great guy, but I barely know him. He lives somewhere else. I've met him twice. And we had fun. And, and he says, you know Kirk? I said, what? I just got a text from him randomly last night. I haven't seen him in like two years. And so we talked about these sorts of things, about walks and coincidences and the spirit and our stories and learning how to tell ours. And it was a beautiful time and I got an orange and I felt encouraged. And after that conversation where two guys that I barely know converge in a moment with an orange and a cold... And I felt like without even knowing where I was going to go, I got where I was supposed to be and talked to who I was supposed to talk to. Now, I don't think this was necessarily about changing the trajectory of my life. But what I think it is, is this great, like, the great physicist, the great creator, is just saying, you're entangled. Like, I was driving, I always drive on 257 out of Windsor to come to Fort Collins and there's this one light I always go through and I, and I, always, I always go to Prospect or, or Mulberry but the light turned red and I thought well I'm just going to I have to stop anyway I'm going to turn left because if you're a man you understand that these driving calculations that you make like I have to stop anyway so I'll turn left so I get onto to Harmony or 74 and I'm like Lord what why do you have me on County Road 74 what Are you cooking up? And then there was an accident, and I had to go a long way around, and nothing happened. It was just a thing. But sometimes it's a a surprise of joy when we realize we are entangled with each other and with the mind of God, and it's a beautiful thing, and it doesn't have to be the most earth-shattering thing. And the thing is... It it even feels silly trying to tell people about it. Sometimes we try so hard to get it right and perfect and we pray and we fast and we get paralyzed and we don't know, we're waiting for this huge thing, you know. And then other times, we're just taking a walk and we walk right into something beautiful and we didn't plan it. I was riding my bike home. September of 2014 from a pre-marriage appointment. And my bike turned left. I didn't turn left. My bike turned left into the alley. It was a different route. It's like, what are you doing, bike? <laughs> and there was this gray cat in the alley and it was injured. And I took it to the emergency vet clinic. And then I, a week later I took, a, took him home. And his name is Louis did God want me to find a cat? I say yes. (laughs) We get to decide how we're going to tell our stories. And the thing about quantum entanglement and all that is all we can do is observe it and we can't always explain it. But we know like something profound is going on here and I get to be part of it. And there are these thin places These thin places once in a while. Science calls it quantum entanglement. The Norse call it bifrost. Stephen King calls them Finnies in the Dark Tower series. But there are these places where the land of the humans and the land of the kingdom converge. And for a moment, we feel it. We observe it. We can't explain it, but we participate in it. It's beautiful. And then we try to tell it to somebody. Like, so I took a walk, and then there's this guy, and he mentions this guy, and he has an orange and I have a cold. Look what and it's God, and they look at you like you look at me. (laughs) And it reminds me of something Stephen King wrote in the introduction to a short story called The Body which was adapted into a movie called, anybody, anybody? What? Stand by me. Well done. Shame on you for being familiar with literature of Stephen King. <laughs> this short story called The Body. And so, how did you know? How did you know she was the one? How did you not go to Bithynia? Why would you go in that alley? why did he text me and then I saw him how did you know that that's actually something to do with the spirit of God I don't know because I just felt joy and gratitude and then you and then you try to tell it so this is what Stephen King's getting at like these stories of, of the, Paul and them like you're just like well the spirit wouldn't let us the spirit of Jesus wouldn't let us I just saw a guy he said come over and help us and it's not like they're told in a grand way you know And we can't interrogate them. And it it almost makes... You almost can... It becomes small in your mind. And like, what? God really spoke to me, man. God gave me an orange. But you try to tell it. And it makes it seem small. This is what Stephen King wrote. The most important things are the hardest things to say. They are things you get ashamed of. Because words make them smaller when they were in your head they were limitless it's such a stupid little story but it felt so big but when they come out they seem to be no bigger than normal things see so you got a cat People look at you strangely. They haven't understood what you've said at all or why you almost cried when you were saying it. So there's this tension. There's this part of us that when people say, God told me, God led me, God led me to a cat. There's this part of us that's skeptical. And then there's this other part of us that has participated in the quantum entanglement of the kingdom. And we tried to put it into words and it was smaller. But don't doubt it. The spirit moves, the spirit speaks, we are entangled, science is catching up with it. Science, read about it. Subatomic materials that are changing states and affecting everything else in the universe. This big story. Who is God? What is God? I don't know for sure. I just want to be part of it and I'm grateful to be part of it. And I want you to be awake to it. All right, takeaways. Number one. Number one. Some of us need to stop looking for God's perfect will. Well, that's terrible advice. It's not that I wouldn't want to find you or me in God's perfect will. It's that we have our designs of how that should be delivered. You know? And Jesus, who said, I am in you, wherever two or so of you are together, I'm there. I'm there. I have given you my glory. I am in you. I'm in the Father. We are in each other. And that's really, if that's true, that is dazzling. And it should bring great life and great joy, not par- paralysis. Some of us need to relax. Obey, yes. Anxiety, no. Number two, some of us need to get moving. <clears throat> um, this is a story of movement. The yeast, the seed, the story they're walking they're going somewhere balance is uh, is found in movement sometimes movement is where god comes in through different roads than if we just waited just sit in one place like come tell me move get moving number 3 we should all take a walk this week or if you can or if you can't if you need to take a stroll or a roll but move now i mean this literally Take a walk and see what happens. Do something that moves you around in a different place. Let's put our sails up. Give us eyes to hear. Eyes to see and ears to hear. And if nothing happens that you consider profound, don't worry about it. Just take a walk. See what happens. Number four, we should all pay attention to the, quote, coincidences, end quote. Again... Um, we can say, you can explain a lot of things away. This is faith. And part of faith is choosing what story we are going to attach ourselves to and how we're going to tell it. More and more, let's be people who choose, not in a weird way, like, say, It's more. I think it was God. It's okay to say, I think. I think it was God. Number five, we carry something so good in these flawed vessels. Even if you don't believe this story, and it's a big story to believe, I'll grant you that. It's good that you're here. Um, You bear the image of God, and that's something so good now. We can also be alive to that in new ways. And I, if you haven't, I'm not saying it's a small step, but just a shifting of the mind. This is good news. We have something so good in us, in these flawed vessels.